Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. I had the craziest thing happen yesterday. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I got in the Jeep and I was driving home and I picked up a call and I was like, I need to need to pick up my daughter. And I drove, drove home, was having a conversation, was all good. Got in the driveway, uh, you know, opened up the garage and just sat there and finished the conversation. All of a sudden my wife opens the door and is like, what was the look on her face? Yeah. Well, I said, Hey, I'll be in in just a minute. And she goes, where's Lily? And I went, Oh crap. <laughs> so I, so I, I like, I gun the, the Jeep out. And I go, and I'm like running down, I'm racing down the road, trying to apologize to the guy, you know, on the phone. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, I gotta go. That's I, I I'm sorry. I, I, I. so I, I race over, and um, and I and I, I run into the into the piano, you know, place where she's she's getting she's she's doing piano lessons, right? And uh, and so she gives me this look, <laughs> and it's that like, Dad, you know what I'm talking about? That sour look, like. You have just ended my life, you know. Like, like how late were you? I was twenty-seven minutes late. Oh, so it wasn't even like bad traffic. You well, can't even blame it on traffic. She it was goes, like, I forgot. Well, I literally did, and she goes, "Well, first thing, it's like six minutes from 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 my work, so it's not like it's far away." And she knows that. She goes, "Dad, the boy had five minutes left on his lesson, and I'm sitting there with the dad." Trying to have a conversation, so here she's this awkward guy in a, in like a waiting room. Like, so how is he supposed to connect with a seven year old? Have a conversation, or I mean, I'm sorry. Well, sorry, a nine year old. That was terrible. <laughs> so not only did you forget her, you forgot, forgot her name. Old. She goes, "I'm you a, know her name." I totally jacked up this dad thing, but it was so funny because I sat there in the car. She was so ticked off at me. Oh, you could yeah. tell. And she wanted me to go buy glue for her at that point because it's, I was like, no, we're not buying glue because she's like in the in the making the slime phase oh, right now. I hate that Make stuff. the slime. So every day she wants to buy more glue. Like I should put stock into the, you Elmer's. know, with it, yeah, into the Elmer's Glue Company oh, yeah. because I would be, make a killing right and now. Borax. And Isn't borax. It's borax. You got two boxes of borax. Yes. And I'm like, what are we, little home, house on the prairie? I know. What is going on like? here? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go smelt off. something. Like, I was like, the world. So anyway, so, so I look at her Paws in the face. out in the field hunting the muskrat <laughs> with the borax. Dinner's ready. <laughs> Dinner's ready. And, um, and I look at her, and she's so mad. And it's so cool because I look at her, and I go, Lily, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And in all of her madness, she goes, it's okay, Dad. Boom! It was awesome, and I just realized the value. And I guess is it kind of like I was thinking about stepping into the awkward of our of our kids. Now my kids know I'm just awkward, and sometimes it's almost easier. As I'm thinking about it, it's easier to step in the awkward of your kids more than it is your wife. You know what I'm saying? Because because you can do the dad thing, the funny thing. You know, we've talked about this a while ago. Was just um, dads are are foreseen as just kind of stupid. Yeah. And out of there. Oh yeah. But that's this is part of it, Dad. Us fighting through this. We're we're not stupid. We're not ignorant. Yeah. God has called us to be the leaders in our family, and part of that leading is is stepping in the awkward with our kids. Now, now, young kids, we can get away with some of that, and we can just speak life. Now, the older kids, <laughs> it's a little harder. You might be able to speak more into this. Actually, trying to step into the awkward of talking to our kids. Anyways, I'm Travis. I'm Bill. And uh, this is a known legacy podcast, Dads for Dads. Yeah, dude, um, I, I, I love the fact that you're uh, brave enough to ask for forgiveness from your kids 
And uh, it took me a long time to get to that point because you know, dads, we're we're the we're the superheroes, man. We yeah. fix stuff, and our kids, dude. I'll never forget. My wife, for the first few years we had kids, she was a uh, did at home childcare. It was under the table. Don't tell the government. And um, it was well, just way f- beyond the seven years. I think you have to right. right. They can't go back that far. <laughs> right. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, and you know, and, and it was just for friends and everything else. And man, my kids would be home with her all day, and and just you know touching and hugging and kneading and you know everything and i'd walk in the door and it was like a rock star going on stage kids were cheering there were banners dad's home you know yeah and it was like amazing and i fell into that lie of thinking i'm the superhero Mm. i gotta have all this together and and it wasn't until later on probably when my boys were young like three or four and I would mess up with those guys because they'd want to play. They'd want to hang out. And part of my legacy is I always wanted to play catch with my dad. But he'd come home from work exhausted. And he would just want to sit down, watch some TV, and read the newspaper. Mm. And I would badger him, badger him, badger him. And finally he'd play catch. And it was like this miserable experience because I didn't know how to throw the ball well. So, you know, he was doing all the running around like you were with your son. And... uh and I was falling into that same pattern and that same trap. Mm. My boys would come home, Dad, let's play outside. Dad, let's wrestle. Dad, let's... And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted, kids. Yeah. And I would get mad at them. And finally one day something happened. And I, I, was, I broke down. I was like, I think I realized that I was becoming my dad in the bad way. Mm, and yeah. I was like, I, Jake and Luke, need to pull you aside and just look at you and say, I am sorry. There are times that I just can't. But there's a lot of times I don't. And I use the can't excuse, and I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't want to play catch, even though I know I should, and I'm sorry. And that absolutely, even at that young age, changed the relationship. And that started to become more and more part of my conversations with my girls that yeah. are older. Yeah. Of, you know, just when I blow up. And, and what's amazing is a lot of times it's when I have an unhealthy anger response to something. Um, and... I will, they'll start to wear the mask of something else that's bothering me, and I will put all my rage on them, even mm. though they have nothing to do with what's really bothering me. Yeah. And finally, I've learned like as quick as possible, cool down, collect myself, and go to them that I've just crushed them, I've killed them, and go to them and say, um, sweetheart, I am so sorry. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I think, so at a young age, it's great, but I think, and I think it works for any age. I really do. I believe that children whether 18 down to one or one up to 18. Well, and statistically, they say now children last till 26, 27. Just, you know, not making that up. Not making that up (laughs) because remember, 85% of statistics are made up on the spot. But I think it's funny because when we say sorry, what we're saying at the core of that is we're basically saying to our young kids, and this is a great thing, six, seven, five years old, whatever it is, if we sit, if we kneel down with them, because we are their superheroes, so we walk in the door, and dad, you know what we're talking about, there's that point in life when things are terrible, and you're, and you're exhausted, and, and money's tight, and life is hard, and right. you don't want to go home sometimes, because you're like, what am I going to face when I get through that door, what are the list of demands, you know, I have an exhausted wife who's just burning the candle at both ends, trying to, trying to, 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 to redeem everything that we have for, for some kind of good, right. you know, making money last, making crackers and, you know, living or whatever it is, you know, try, trying to live on whatever we've got. And you walk into the door and it's like you said, dad, dad's home. So superhero dad comes in. Now imagine this, you do something wrong, which you will. Here's the thing. 
you will wound your kids. Yes. There's not an if. There is a when you wound your kids. We have an opportunity to redeem that. It is not over with. And the best way to redeem that, just like you said, is to look at them and go, I'm sorry. And at the core of that sorry, what you're really saying and how God can use that is even in the mind of a seven-year-old kid to say, wait a minute, my daddy's not perfect and God uses him. God can use me, and I'm not perfect. Right. And we have destroyed the, uh, the, the idol of perfection in their life at the age of five and six and said, my dad doesn't have it all together, but I see him doing great things for God, hopefully. Right. Right. Uh, and, and as he's doing great things for God, I realize that he doesn't have it together. And, you know, I've sat with more people that have said, well, my dad was perfect. Right. He did nothing. My mom was perfect. They did nothing wrong. And then they forget that mom and dad have been trying to hide this stuff. And all of a sudden it comes out and it destroys a family. Right. And you're like, wait a minute, mom and dad aren't perfect either. So as we cast our imperfection into our kids, we're giving them all the power because they don't have to say, it's okay, daddy. They don't have to. They can go, no, I still hate you. Right. So you're literally giving them the authority to go, you can be angry at me right now and you can stay angry and you can hold this over my head. But what does every kid do? They it's forgive. okay, dad. They forgive. They just forgive. Yeah, yeah, and they move on, which is awesome. Yeah, which and so, so awesome. which, which, so I have a conversation with this with one of my buddies, and we we're talking about, man, I always wound my kid. That's what they were saying, and I'm like, and I, I'm like, I wound my kids, but it's the catch up of the fact that listen, we can either use that to go, man, I've just accepted the lie that I've just wounded my kid forever, right? Or I can choose to begin to speak life, and that first speak life is I'm sorry. Yeah. Because we have an opportunity now to either, there's only two things we can do, either speak life or death into our kids. Right. So wherever we are in the awkward, we have a choice. I've spoken death for this long period of time. And when I mean death, guys, it's just I, I've not been the dad that I want to be. I've failed to engage the heart of my daughter. I've, I've somehow uh, not not been present for the last eight years as I've pursued my job because a good name is better than honor or riches and I need to pursue a good career and a good career. And that's, that's fine. That's good name comes from. Because that's it. And, and it's like, and we get caught up in this and all of a sudden we look and we go, <gasps> Where, wait, how, do I, how do I come out of this? We have two options. We can continue to speak death or we can start speaking life. Right. God can redeem that. So taking that time. So how do you think we can speak life into our kids when we've not spoken for so long? Well, I think um, the, the first thing is, is actually talk with our kids. I mean, that, that's, that's one of the hardest challenges we have because um, many of us in our jobs and many of us in our careers, we, um, we don't have time to have conversations and just talk and meander. We do it with our wives, but we also do it with our kids. And so I think part of it, again, is serving our kids shutting off the distractions and actually engaging in a conversation with our kids. One of the greatest things. So my boy, um, he's 11. He's entering into the throes of puberty right now. Mm, that's fun. And you want to talk about having that awkward conversation. Yeah, that's great. Right? And, and my wife did a great job setting the stage for my daughters as they kind of went into that season. And it was this idea of we don't want this to be a one-time awkward conversation about like, oh, your body's changing now. Let me tell you everything, dump it on you. You're freaked out. I can see your palms sweating and we'll never talk of it again. She immediately from the beginning was like, no, we need to have this as an ongoing conversation, not just as individuals, but as a family. So, and that's not the nitty gritties about, you know, puberty and what's going on. Yeah, that's got to be fun with two daughters and two sons <laughs> right. in the same room. Right. But it's the idea of like, yeah, you are changing. 
You yeah. know, it, things are going to be awkward. Things are going to be weird. You're going to wrestle with body image and self-image, and that's okay. But one thing is, in our family, we support each other, and we don't point out each other's faults because the world will do that. And so I think the first step is just start to engage in the conversation. So a great example, uh, my daughter, she's 15. She has a boyfriend. And, uh, um, you know, we, we value them hanging out at our house together. Because yeah. it's a great opportunity to speak into their conversations, into their relationships, yeah, and to just kind of check on it and see where they're at. You know, are they having healthy conversations? Are they not? Are they? And to show the him the shovel in which will happen to him <laughs> if by as you're sharpening the knife, shing, shing, just like behind her, right, shing. Right, right. Hey, how are you doing? How you today? doing, bud? Shing. I got a shovel and an alibi. No one will miss you. Right. So we're we're all around the table, right? And um, Friday is the big school um, video of. How your body's changing. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. So, you know, they send home the, the paper. And yep. You got to sign it if you opt out. Otherwise, it's a, a mandatory opt-in kind of thing, which I, I don't know if I agree with. But anyways. And so, naturally starts to be that conversation at the dinner table. You know, of like, oh, you know, what are you looking forward to this week? And my son's like, I'm not looking forward to Friday. Well, why? The video. It's called the video. The, video. the video. And we all start laughing. And for 10 minutes, we talk about how awkward puberty is and how weird it is. And this, this boyfriend is sitting here listening to this conversation, laughing with us, talking with us. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I hope this has happened at his house. But my gut says most families hush that up. Don't wrestle with it. Don't talk about yeah. it. And, 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 you know, it was a conversation where um, one night going into the boys' uh, room, saying goodnight to them. And, and I could tell something was on Jake's mind. And I was like, what's on your mind? He goes, ah, oh, nothing. I was like, well, you know. And anyways, we, we get on the conversation about um, <laughs> EMBs, early morning boners. Oh, yeah. You know, how you wake up and you're, you, you have an erection. That's the technical term. I just yeah, always heard morning wood. Or, or morning wood would probably be another one. And so I, I'm like, well, yeah. EMBs. <laughs> I was like, electromagnetic <laughs> buoyancy. No. Early morning boners and, uh, and, and how awkward it is, you know? And so here we are in this room, very, very awkward conversation, but we're having the conversation, mm-hmm. you know, of like, hey, dude, yeah, it happens. It happens to me still to this day. I said, and the hard part is when you wake up and you really got to go to the bathroom, but you have an EMB and you're like, what do you do? And my littlest, who's only nine, he's like, it happens to me all the time. I'm like, yeah. And then you make a mess when you go to the bathroom, don't you? Yeah. I was like, yeah. Do you clean it up? No. I said, yeah. That's for mom to do. <laughs> no. No, it's oh, not. No. You clean it up. You clean sucker. it up, bud. But, but it's that idea of it is absolutely awkward, but don't let the awkwardness keep you from having an ongoing conversation about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? And that doesn't mean every Friday you talk about it, but just have your antennas up yeah. to feel the opportunities and then step into it. Yeah. And, and because the more you normalize those conversations, the more likely they are to talk to you about some of those things that for many of us, we had to discover our, on our own old fashioned way on our own or with our buddies in the play yard who all claim to be experts in sex. Yeah. Even though none of them are experts in sex. They never even held a girl's hand. Right. And they were like trying to tell me. You know, because of all their extensive research in National Geographic magazines, did they know Dude, anything? I, I, I wish it was National Geographic today. Yeah, I know. I mean, the reality is, and this is the whole, That's the my heart. I, we, we, we too long try to protect our kids 
and the the age is coming earlier and earlier where we have to prepare our kids. Yeah, I think prepare we have our to. Kids for hey, dude, when you stumble onto pornography, what do you do? It's not. It's not if you do. Yeah, when it's literally you could be looking up like SpongeBob. We yes. did that one time. It's funny. We did my someone's doing a report on cougars. Yeah, don't uh, don't. don't. <laughs> I literally just typed in cougar pictures. Oh. I was like, whoa, hey, and he is he is eight. He's like, or no, he was probably like he was in second grade. So I was like. He's like, what's that, Dad? I'm like, no, we're good. Like, I mean, you literally scroll down about three steps and there's and and there's bikini pictures, and you're like, wait a minute, time out here. So it's like, so it's also just being present. I, I love that you're saying it because because the awkward is gonna happen. Yeah. So being ready at a younger age to to have these conversations and continue to do life with them. Cause, you know, I think that as that as we remain present through their whole life. We find that 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 these conversations are a lot easier. Like, hey, Dad, because the first awkward conversation at nine is like, yeah, I get a I get an EMB in the morning, and you're like, so that conversation actually helps stop a lot of future awkwardness. Correct. Because you, well, I talked to him when I was nine. Why right. would it change when I'm eleven? Right. And then why would it change when I'm twelve? But then to start when you're fourteen, thinking your kids don't know, which I'll be honest with you, I think about. I don't know, gosh, I would say 10 years old, they're starting to have these conversations, that, oh, yeah. it's, if not earlier. I know right. that there are some schools that are, that are in first grade teaching sexual education because of body and, right. and, and the whole different debates that are going on right now about who you are as an individual. And they're already beginning to, quote unquote, celebrate that at, at that age right. before they're even cognitively ready to, to hear those things. And one of the words that, that was given to me a while back is, is you want to protect their innocence or prepare them for the onslaught. You know? Yeah. And I think that's the challenge for us as dads because we do have a lot of wisdom to share with them and we can just open the fire hose and absolutely <laughs> wreck them. And so we want to acknowledge their innocence and we don't want to take them further down the trail than they need to go, but we have to understand they're on that trail and yeah. they're going to be wrestling with this stuff. And so how do we cultivate an open conversation? And here's the deal. I am not talking about, hey, parents, just be friends with your kids. Mm -mm. That's not what I'm talking about. Not at all. Because a friend will tell the kid what they want to hear. A parent will tell them what they need to hear. Yeah. And our good. job is to tell that's them good. what they need to hear at that time and correct some of the crap they're hearing in other places, some of the crap they're seeing in other places. But the only way you get to earn that respect, like our kids listen to us when they're young because we're dad. Yeah. Eventually, they'll listen to us because they respect us. Yeah. And you have to cultivate earlier on that respect. And that doesn't mean you demand that they respect you. It is um, listening. It is honesty. And it's, um, it's being willing to step into those awkward moments when it happens. And I'll tell you, one of the hardest things for me, and I didn't see this one coming, is having two older daughters. Both of them are you know, 15 and 13. And you know, when you get married, you begin. I began to go through this lifelong process of saying, I only want to have eyes for my wife. I only will, will touch my wife. I don't touch other women, you know, except for maybe a side hug or a mm -hmm. tea hug. Um, or a hand, but I, I don't because, because I value and honor that relationship with my wife. Yeah. Well, study after study after study says this. Dads have more influence on our daughters and their um, self-image and their... Um, you know, what they want to wear in public than anyone else, right? And what happened is when my daughter started to transition into becoming a woman, I was in this weird, like, space of, like, you know, how, what, what, what do I do? I mean, you know, she, 
she's got boobs now. Yeah. You know, and, and I had no problem hugging her when she was 10 and she was just a little girl. Yeah. Now she's 15 and she's a woman. And I'm like, ah, what do I do? And what I realized is, and, and study after study says this, you dads have to continue to engage in appropriate affection and touch with your daughters. A hug, you know, a hand on the shoulder kind of thing. Appropriate, always appropriate. But if you don't do those kind of awkward hugs and those kind of awkward hands on the shoulders, what will start to happen is they will still long for that. And because they're not getting it in healthy places, in safe places, sometimes they'll begin to look for it in other places. Yeah. And that's when the, the douchebag 15-year-old kid who's a slick talker and knows how to manipulate at such a young age can all of a sudden capture the heart of your daughter and, and, and just wreck things. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, it's talking of awkward and puberty with your kids, dads, you have to engage in, in, in appropriate affection with your daughters and help yeah. them see their beauty is more than physical yeah. and their, their value is more than physical. Uh, and, and that's that dude, I, I know I'm not verbalizing that well because I'm still trying to figure it out, but I'm still, tr you know, that's one of those things that I see a lot of dads just pull away from their daughters during that season. Yeah. And you can't, in fact, you need to double down, take your daughters on dates, take them out for coffee, take them out for ice cream, just drive around with them because those are the moments that they learn what a healthy male female relationship is rather than what the, what, what the, you know, whatever on TV is telling them or whatever their friends are telling them. And, uh, you know, so, so that for me is one of those very awkward moments. No, that's good. That you, you know, it's funny. I, I heard a story, uh, from a very wise, uh, like doctor who had, who had made the statement when you share with your What's daughter, it, Phil, it wasn't Dr. Phil. <laughs> Actually, there, there's a really great ministry called Celebrate Kids, and I'd love Ooh. to I'd love to connect with uh, the the lady who runs her name is uh, Dr. Kathy Cook. We should she, get her on one of these. She is she'd be incredible. Uh, and uh, but what she talks about is that even at, even when you engage speaking life into your daughters, um, the first thing that you shouldn't say to them is what's physically about them. Like even if you say you're so beautiful, but if you say you are so smart and you are so talented. And you are gifted in this way, in this way, in this. Oh, by the way, and you're pretty. But never start with the, you are so beautiful. Because then they're going to go, my dad thinks I'm beautiful. Well, what happens one day if they get into a car accident, she loses an eye? Or, or her face is scarred. Is she still going to be beautiful? Yes, to you, she's beautiful. But that, that physical beauty right. is still casting her that I need to maintain. A, so if we're like, listen, you are so gifted. Now, dads are like, crap, this is a lot of stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Listen, we're all going to hurt them. It's all about speaking life. Right. But, then, but, but in your heart of hearts, dad, if your daughter was in an accident and she was horribly scarred, you wouldn't care about how beautiful she was. She right. is still beautiful to you, and you can still cast that on her. But the bigger thing is here is what makes you incredible yes. is yeah. you are gifted here you are you're so funny and you make people you know you are just you're so creative you're so smart you're so talented we are uniquely gifted to be able to speak life into things that are behind the 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 facade that are that are deeper than the, the cover and i'll tell you i failed at that this morning since you said that i just realized how i failed at this this morning um my daughter um she rolled her jeans up a little bit and it looked cute as could be and i just went and said wow that is so cute. You are, you're so beautiful today. What I meant to say was, I love your boldness and your creativity. Because I don't know many other girls that would just do that without buying it off a rack already done. Yeah. 
And that's what I, that's what I meant. But what I actually said was, oh, that's so cute. And, and, and you're, just, you're slaying me right now because I'm realizing I have got to go beyond that. Like, why is that cute? It's because yeah. she's bold. She's yeah. courageous. She's creative, you know? And those are the things that, regardless of her age, will come through time and time again. So I, so I'm almost realizing like, as you're saying that, I'm No, you're great. Because, I'm failing at this. No, you're not. See, we all, but we all fail. And that, I think that's the biggest thing. But it's not a matter of that. Like, so what you're really saying at the heart of it is, as, we're, as much as we have to be a student of our spouse... We have to be a student of our kids. God, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And that's where, guys, we're going to fail. We're going to fall short of this all the time. And that's where I'm sorry's fall in. Yes. Those are great cash cards to just hand in and go, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was, because what's going to happen is her spouse is going to say the same thing. She's going, you know, my dad did that too. And he apologized and it was okay. And we moved on. Right. And, and I was able to cast forgiveness on my dad as I can cast forgiveness on my spouse. This plays out longer in their life than just under our roof. Which goes to your heart of known legacy of don't just process through today. Begin to lift your eyes up towards the horizon and see what your dreams are for your kids. Yeah. You know? And, Absolutely. And, and, and feed the dreams that, that ultimately God has for their kids. Correct. Not just what you have for your kids. Because let's be honest. Sometimes dreams and dads for their kids can go horribly wrong. I think Absolutely. The, the dad who is driving their 10-year-old son in baseball, and they're on two teams, and they never get a break, and by the time they're 15, they're burned out. But dad's dreams are that he's a major leaguer, and the next thing you know, the kid is burned out, broken relationship, done with baseball, and he has no identity now because his identity was only in that baseball. See, that that's dream. cool. You know, it's funny, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to jump forward and, and then backtrack, but you know, we know what we did one time is um, – we put, you, you, you can buy these big poster boards at the store and like big like post-its and we just put one in each of our rooms and then on one side we put down unique, what makes me unique. Oh. The other side we put down what, what is our dream. So we had everybody just go in their rooms yeah. and wrote down the things that they think are, 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 are unique to them. Now those lists are usually small because all we see is our imperfections. Right. And then they started writing down their dreams. And sometimes, guys, sometimes the futility of our kids is going to be, oh, well, I just really want another Hatchimal. I dream for a Hatchimal. <laughs> or I dream for, I dream that I could be a millionaire one day. Right. And, and we and have an opportunity. kill that. No, 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 not at all. This gets the juices flowing for them, right. just like it was with you guys when you're like, what's my dream list? And so you start, so then we did was we went in room to room and we said, oh no, you're more unique than that. Here's what makes you unique. And everybody else in the family got to cast that person's uniqueness on them. And so, so it's written down on there, this is what makes them unique. And then we went, well, are these all the dreams you have? Well, no, if I really could, I would. And we begin to cast to help them work through those dreams. And then we took one poster and we said, family. What makes us unique as a family? What makes us, what, what are our family dreams? And we keep it up. Dude, that's brilliant. So we sit there. And so, so every time that I walk brilliant. up the stairs now, I see what's the dream for our family. Yes, these are big and gaudy and they're on the wall. But you know what? There's nothing more important than our kids knowing that there's something bigger that they're working towards. I would rather have beautiful kids on the inside that understand God's giving dreams and uniqueness than a beautiful house. Correct. You know? Correct. And, dude, that's, that's an absolute money concept. Yeah. And so, so we just take some time to do that and you can do it any way you need to, but it's celebrating those children in a way in which they know that they are already uniquely designed by God to do something. They already have dreams. And then by the time that they're 18, 20 years old, they're going, I know what some of my dreams are. I've already got goals. You know how much more prepared they are for life Yeah, beyond 
you know, if, if you press that into them early on, yeah, that's huge, man. So huge. you know, a couple of things we jumped in, uh, and I'll, I'll jump back, and then 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 we've got it. We we've got to cut this short for you guys. We're going, guys, wrap it up, make it happen. <laughs> um, as we move into the awkward, I think what we're trying to do, guys, is and help me out with this word because I'm going to use the word innocent now. Because of the grace of Jesus, listen, we're all born sinners. We're all broken. Jesus is the only hope for salvation. I'm not talking about that innocence. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the choice to move in innocence mm-hmm. versus ignorance. So a lot of times we look and we go, well, I'm not going to say anything about being a virgin. I'm not going to say anything about, about this because it may bring up something. No, no, we are helping our children choose innocence to go, wow, the reason why you want to wait is because your future husband deserves the best you that you can be. Yes. Your future grant you at 15. Now I know some 15s don't want to hear about their grandchildren, but you say everything you do speaks into the future of you becoming who you're supposed to become right. now. So we raise our children for innocence versus ignorance. Now you have the, you know those kids who I'm talking about who walk in and they're going, "Man, I'm just not sure I, I, you know uh, they walk into college and the first time they ever hear about about marijuana is in college. Well, those guys who dealt... Yeah, exactly. Those guys aren't that bad. Or, you know, hey, the first guy who capped open a beer for me and handed me, he was a nice guy. So all my preconceived ideas have been cast to me that these people are straight up evil is, is not it because we cast the wrong idea of going, no, the choice is... In your innocence, you choose, I don't really need that because it's not going to help me become who I need to become. Right. Um, and it's helping our kids run to innocence versus ignorance. So we're not, we're not blocking, we're, we're not helping them by not bringing up the conversations. Right. So w- step into the awkward of bringing up the conversations by building relationships way in the beginning so that when your nine-year-old says, I have, I have morning wood, you joke about it. And then immediately <laughs> you've stopped a bunch of awkward there and you can begin to have that conversation so that you're prepared that when they're 13, 14, are going, dad, um, is this, is masturbation okay? Yeah. Is this okay? Should I have these thoughts? Can I watch porn? Can I do this? And they're more willing to have those conversations with you. If you've already beyond that, it's now stepping into the awkward and going, I'm going to press into this now. Yeah. And it's going to be a little bit of investment in your time, but you still have the opportunity now to speak life or death and, and into that situation. And it starts off with that conversation of like, I know I should have had this conversation with you a long time ago. Yeah. But I want to have it now. I've and, not and met... And a- this is not a one-time conversation. Let's start to dialogue over and over. about this and, and how to navigate this. Because in my life, I've navigated it poorly, and I think you can do better. Well, you know, and I would say, I've never met a 15-year-old. When I've had conversations in counseling, I've never met a 15-year-old that just says, I don't really want to hear, hear my dad. Even when they say that, no. their words are going, I just desire my father and my mother to come in and be the, be the help to bring me to the rescuer. And so even if you feel like that, oh, open the door, walk into the room with the loud music, walk into the room when they're on the computer and begin to have those conversations because those kids desire that from you still. Right, right. And you know what? Here's the deal. Maybe it's not in the room. Maybe you need to go outside and shoot hoops with your kid. Correct. Maybe you need to throw the baseball again. Correct. That's one of the things I realized is my kid didn't want to actually throw a baseball. My kid wanted to talk to me and his vehicle to cue that into me was, hey, dad, can we throw the baseball? Correct. Baseball was secondary to the conversation, but yeah. he didn't know how to say, Dad, I want to talk to you. He wanted to throw the baseball, but as we're throwing the baseball, we talk about school, about sports, about nothing, and then eventually everything. Yeah. And, and so find out, again, love languages. Yeah. Kind of goes back to that. Yeah. What is, and here's the deal. Talking to your daughters over coffee or tea or whatever works. Talking to your boys over something like that, 
it's weird. Go do an activity. Yeah. If you've never fished, maybe maybe your kid wants to go fish. Go yeah. fish. Find time and engage in your child's life in such a way that you can have the conversation. That's not standing on the sideline coaching them. That's actually getting there and doing something that's unique for them that they will cherish for years to come. And listen, we love your questions. So info at knownlegacy.org. We'd love to have a longer conversation about this. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So info at knownlegacy.org. And uh, we're excited about you guys stepping into the awkward of engaging the hearts of your kids, talking about these hard issues. We'd love to hear, hear, hear more of this from you. We're thankful for you guys listening. One thing, one thing, dads. If you're like me and you're feeling more like a failure at the end of this one than success, you're not alone. Absolutely Number two not. two is this. God is the one who has uniquely called you and gifted you for the role of dad. It is not an accident that you are a father. Whether yeah. you have a kid that you haven't connected with in years, and they may live in the house or they may live in your ex-wife's house, it doesn't matter. Yes. You are uniquely called and gifted, and God is with you in those moments. You are not going into those conversations alone. You're not going into those conversations, those moments unknown. You have the spirit, and he is, he is encouraging you and screaming with you, just step into it. No one else can speak. You. Yeah, no one else can speak into your no kids one. like you can. Right, dude. And that's a high and holy calling that he has, and he is continuing to prepare you, prune you, and transform you for. So, so get after it, man. Make it happen. Yeah. We believe in you guys. God believes in you guys. We're thankful for you. Have a great day. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.